Thank you for listening in. God's communication doesn't just happen. We must study the Word of God and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in order to master the ability to communicate God's way. Seeking wisdom and guidance through His Son, Jesus Christ, is how we grow spiritually so that our communication flows reverently through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Meditation on His Word, Prayer, and Fasting Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Oh, God, help me. It says, put away evil speaking. Let it be put away from you with all malice. If you are angry and full of wrath, there is no telling what will come out of your mouth. Your speech will be disrespectful when you're wrathful, full of wrath. Your speech will be offensive and absolutely disgusting. Your words will also bring much harm and you will crush the spirit of those you love most and especially your children, your children. I don't care what's going on in their lives, how good they are or how bad they are. You are never authorized to abuse your children with your words. You still have power over them. You still have authority over them. And you will one day answer as to how you spoke toward them, your attitude toward them, and how you disciplined them. They are a gift from God to you. And you will one day stand before him and give an account to your parenting of that child. Abusive to your children. You will crush their spirits. You crush the spirit of those who love you most. Many couples argue, many marriages, they argue and they fuss so much until it has become the norm in their marriage. They simply coexist in tension and strife. They just live in a day and day. That's why some, some people don't want to go home. I work overtime. They say, who want to work late today? I will. I got it. Eight hours, I take it. Twelve hours, I got it. Tomorrow too, double time, holidays. Just get me out of here. They'd rather work and make money than go home because they know they have a tongue they come into that's going to slam. Galatians chapter 5 verse 15 says, if you bite, you know, this is bite, bite and devour each other. Husbands and wives are just pow, pow, clobbering each other. The Bible says, watch out or you will destroy each other. Some of you have been fussing, fighting, and arguing far too long. You will stop fighting husbands and wives. You'll stop fighting one another when you refuse to view your spouse as the enemy. And become a united front to resist and fight the devil who is the real enemy. He is the enemy of your marriage. Satan loves to take advantage of your anger in the context of marriage. Therefore, you must ask the Lord to deliver you from it. If not, Satan will exploit your marriage through anger to the detriment of your own family and other relationships. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verses 26 through 27 says, be angry. There are times where you should have a righteous indignation, but it ought to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus got angry, but it was a righteous 
indignation against sin. Be angry and do not sin. I love this part that people often overlook. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't go to bed angry. You go to bed not speaking to one another. All day long, you haven't spoken. You go to bed and you wake up the next day, the person next to you is dead. You allow death to separate you in the midst of your hostility. So God says, okay, you won't talk. I'll just take her. Now you'll never talk to her again. I'll just take him. You, you, you touch him, you call their names, and they won't answer. You'd already, you're already not talking to them. You don't know. A whole lot of folk die in their sleep. Whatever it is, it can't be so bad that you can't kiss and make up. Get it right. Get it right with your child. Get it right with your grandchild. Get it right with your aunts, uncles, in-laws, everyone. Don't have that quiet, sullen anger. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. Do you, you know what that means? You give the devil room to operate when you're angry. He'll get you this way and that way. He has a multiplicity of strategies organized against you as you are angry in your spirit. And he will devour you because he's an opportunist and he will Cook your lunch simply because you're angry. You give the devil a lot of room to work with. First Peter 5, 8 also says, stay alert. Look out. Be aware. Watch out for your great enemy. He's, a, he's not just an enemy. He's a great enemy. The devil is your enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Number seven, guard against speaking words of flattery for the purpose of manipulating family members and others to get what you want. Guard against speaking words of flattery for the purpose of manipulating family members and others to get what you want. Your words means absolutely nothing if your motives are sinful and self-centered. You get that? Your words mean absolutely nothing if your motives are sinful and self-centered. First Thessalonians 2 Chapter 2, verse 5 says, never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. Some folk flatter you because they want something. They want something. What do they want? They have hidden agendas in the flattery. And they're really deceitful. They're cunning. Uh, They're crafty. And many flatter will flatter you for self-gain, for control of you, to blackmail you. Oh, I love you so much, baby. Flatter you to sex you. You get what they want. You get pregnant. You can't even find them. What happened to that flattery? You got the baby. Can't find that rascal. You were sucked in. By flattering words. People flatter people to get certain jobs, to make more money. Flatter. Entrapment comes as a result of flatter. 
And then you got to, you know, play up to them because you don't want out what you, what they know about you. People flatter you because they want a position you can give them. They want some of that power. You cannot glorify Christ and use words of flattery for personal gain at the same time. You cannot glorify Christ and use words of flattery for personal gain at the same time. Number eight, to communicate effectively, you must guard against negative body language. Some of you, it's not verbal, it's body language. And that body language can actually talk more than the verbal language. You're not saying it, but ooh, your husband and your family, your wife, they can see it. Body language, body language. Negative body language, such as rolling your eyes. They look at you, you just rolling your eyes. Telling someone, they're trying to talk to you and they're talking to your hand. You just. Pointing your finger in someone's face and then, okay, they slap your hand out the way. Now you're fighting. Well, she hit me, but you didn't say you pointed your finger right in her face between at her, above her nose. By the way, man, never hit your wife. Never hit you. I know, I know you can get angry sometimes, but don't you, don't go there. God didn't give you her for her to be your punching bag. I didn't see that. Women, you ought to have been hollering amen all over. Is there any amen? Now, women, don't, but now, sisters, don't provoke him either. That's the, look at those men saying amen. Don't provoke him. Don't scream. Don't get in his face and breathe all down his throat and point your finger and then talk about it. he slapped me. Well, he's wrong and you wrong too. You started it and he finished it. Both of you wrong. <laughs> Pointing fingers in someone's face, crossing your arm, <sighs> sighing. Or you don't do anything, you just shut down completely with no response. Don't talk for two weeks. Send messages through your kids. Text. You're texting each other. Did you take the trash out? <laughs> oh, you're slamming the door and they can hear it. You got a 5,000 foot house, square foot house. You wear on the back up, boom. Or when you go, you give that last door slam so that they can hear and let, you're letting them know exactly how you feel. Throwing things, you throw things, and he's ducking. They'll go to, they'll go to pot, the skillet, and man, you better duck. Some of these women, I tell you too, uh, uh, don't put a gun in their hands. They may not have ever gone to a shooting range, but they know how to shoot you right between their eyes. They can be going like this. Pow! Ow! Go! So, sometimes you get a gun for protection, and then you got, you got friendly, friendly fire up or perhaps it's enemy fire. 
Uh, then you sometimes, body language, you put your hands on your hip and let your backbone slip. What you say? Wait a minute. Come again. I don't believe you said, wait a minute. You talk to him like you're talking to a child or vice versa. There's a word in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. Y'all, that's Bible verses for everything. That's why the Bible is so unique. And that's why people don't want to read it. It's too convicting. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 14, it says, What are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars, signaling, signaling their deceit with a wink of, a, of the eye, a nudge of the foot, or the wiggle of fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. It's bad when a man, a husband, makes it hard on his wife. Go out of the way to make life difficult for her. Or vice versa, the wife make it hard on the husband. And go out and make it difficult for him. Children make it hard on their parents. Parents make it hard on their children. They're being led by their emotions instead of the Holy Spirit. Number nine, for effective communication, or communicating God's way. Never use profanity or vulgar language toward family members. Never use vulgarity in the workplace or even at social gatherings. Not e you shouldn't cuss not only at your family, but anyone else. Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 says, But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Here's another list. Anger, anger. Here's wrath. Those same two, them two. They first, they, they, they brothers and sisters. Malice, blasphemy. Look at that last phrase. Filthy language out of your mouth. Some of your mouths need to be washed with the word of God. Cleansed with the word of God. Beloved, what kind of speech is coming out of your mouth? Is it God-honoring or is it filthy, shameful, and corrupt language? I dare you to be different and refuse to conform to peer pressure by speaking degradingly, speaking language like those around you. You misrepresent Christ. You put your limited vocabulary on display. When you just said all those four letters and all those kind of words, actually you just say, you, you, you're just saying how restricted your vocabulary really is. It, it re really is. Is that all you can say? That's the best you can give? Is it, is, do you have to go that low? Limited vocabulary on display. You become a poor testimony when you use vulgarity before your children. You think cussing your children is cute when they cuss until they cuss you out. Leave them alone. You thought it was cute. Then they cuss you out before folk at H-E-B. Now you want to whoop them. Leave them alone. They got it from you. You need to be disciplined. Now they're embarrassing you. Now you want to get after them. Wasn't pretty when you... let. Oh, look at that. Look what she know. You applauding cussing. 
poor testimony before your children, which also causes them to pick up filthy language. It puts the other person, when you cuss out somebody, it puts them on the defense. It never accomplishes anything good. Because profanity has so saturated society in the movie industry, television, man, they do more bleeping than speaking. What? I want bleep, bleep, two go bleep, five, six, bleep, bleep, bleep. I said, well, cut it off. It's all bleep. I can't, I can't get a sentence. Bleep, 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 bleep. Television. Politics, cussing and rap music, internet, social media. Many Christians have become so desensitized and even use it without a sense of conviction, which hinders the light of Christ from shining through them. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now that's clear. I don't understand the Bible. You understood that. Let no, you don't need to, you don't need to understand, a, you don't have to take a Greek course to understand that. Let no corrupt word proceed out of, not everybody else's mouth, your mouth. But what is for good edification, necessary edification, that it may import grace to the hearers. When the heart is corrupt, the words from your mouth will also be corrupt because you speak what you think. You speak what you think. Uh, Number 10, you will never effectively communicate with others if you harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. Now, if if, if you're weighed down with unforgiveness and bitterness, it will impede your ability to communicate in a way that blesses God. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32 says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. It's going to affect how you connect with people, how you relate to people. Get rid of the rage, the anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You cannot have meaningful conversation with others until you first repent and have been delivered by the Lord from the strongholds of bitterness and unforgiveness. This will enable you to communicate in a way that pleases the Lord. When you have unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart, it's going to affect your ability to communicate with the person you are bitter toward. Number 11. For effective communication, we must be willing to compromise on non-essentials and learn to accept each other's differences of opinions and personal preferences. Let me say that again. For effective communication, we must be willing to compromise on non-essentials and learn to accept each other's differences. We're all different. Differences of opinion and personal prefaces, such as the thermostat, the thermostat setting. One is always perpetually hot, and the other's cold. The thing is going up and down, up and down. The thing explodes. The level of lighting in the house at night, walking around. 
Somebody want to cut the light out, to uncut it on, to uncut it on, to uncut it off, cut the, you burned up electricity and all the thing go. I want it dark because I can't sleep. The other say, I got to have a little light. I'm going to trip myself going to the restroom. And, oh, oh, my goodness. Lighting in the home, whether or not dirty dishes can be left in the sink. Some folk can't stand the dirty dishes in the sink while others can leave it there for two weeks. <laughs> Don't bother them. They say, if no one's not talking to me, leave them there. I'll wash it when I, I just wash one plate and eat again. <laughs> Differences of opinion and preferences, whether to squeeze or roll the toothpaste tube. Your spouse's driving tendencies. You drive. She's, she's the driver's ed coach. She drives, you're the driver's head coach. And while the other person's driving, you're mashing on your brakes on the other side. You say, what's over there? I'm I'm breaking. Hey! (laughs) You you ever hit your brakes on the other side? They they can't stop. I stop for them. (laughs) Biggest fights in the car. You ain't going that way. That's a long way around. Why don't you go that way? Well, if he wants to take the scenic, scenic route, let him. Let him take the scenic route. If you're going home, what's the road? You get there after a while. <laughs> Preferences. Preferences. <laughs> Whether the toilet paper is over or under. Here we go again. I can't reach it. For heaven's sake, do not take your personal preferences and opinions so seriously. Move on to subjects that are more lighthearted and humorous. Stop picking stuff to fight over all the time. Find some pleasantries. Refuse to be selfish and realize you cannot always have it your own way. Refuse Uh, to retaliate and be spiteful because you didn't get your way. The whole house is wiped out because you didn't get your way. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, do nothing from selfish, selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Number 12, we're almost done. Communicating God's way means you must be a peacemaker. Say peacemaker. Say it again. Peacemaker. God requires us to communicate in such a way that creates an atmosphere of peace and harmony in the home, in the workplace, even in the church, on the streets. Only when the Lord's peace abides in you can there be communication and reconciliation of broken relationships. Some of you have been too mad at your sister, mad at your sister too long. Mad at your brother. You, you just don't know what he did to me. Mad at your mother, mad at your father. Some of you, your parents long gone and you still mad at them over what they did. Blessed are the peacemakers, says Matthew 5, 9. For they shall be called the children of God. 
mad at your child. You gave them your last dime, put them through school, sacrifice for them, and they won't even talk to you. Won't even come see you. Can't even pick up the phone and say, Merry Christmas. Your doing right is not predicated on how they respond. You do the right thing if you never see the right thing done toward you. That's being the bigger person, the better person, the Christian, the spiritually mature, blessed are the peacemaker. You do everything to make peace. Sometimes that means you got to suck it up. Now you got to be spiritually mature to do that. Just suck it up. Now you, you, you don't want to suck it. But you know what? For the sake of unity and peace, I'm just going to let this go and I'm going to commit it to the Lord. You know, if we commit more things to the Lord, we'll have less stress. Yeah, thank you, Holy Ghost. I mean, sometimes we try to take that, well, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get this right. Uh-uh. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah, my hand is over here. My hip again. Oh, no, he's not. No. Hey, listen. God's in control. He, he knows the beginning and the end. Here's what you do in situations that, that you know you're being wrong or whatever. Lovingly speak up. Trust God and be quiet. I'll give you three things when you, when you deal with issues. All of us, lovingly, kindly, sweetly, speak up. Then trust God to work in his time. He makes all things beautiful. And then just be quiet and wait on God. Now, he may not come when you want him to, but that doesn't mean he's not working. And he'll bless you for your ability to wait on him in the spirit. In closing, the best way to communicate effectively is to practice Psalms 1914. This is a good way to sum this two-part series up. Psalms 1914, which says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I want you to repeat this after me. Just repeat every word. Say Psalms 1914. Repeat after me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. We can and will communicate effectively within our families as we obediently trust God to move according to His will and in His time. He will give us everything we need when we lift up our eyes to the hills from whence comes our help. Where does our help come from? It comes from God who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.